You're now listening to the Co-op Podcast on thecoalition.com. afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 270 of the Co-op Podcast. I'm your host, Rich Billy Jr., and today I'm joined by Mr. Gary A. Swaby. How's it going, Gary? Of the Co-op Podcast. Oh, it's going very well. Thank host, you very much. Billy How you doing, Rich? I'm joined by Mr. Gary A. Swaby. I'm doing pretty good, 70. The weather has finally cooled down here in Atlanta. You know, it's kind of gloomy outside, but this is a busy... Busiest time of the year because uh, there's plenty of games that we're playing, plenty of things that we're reviewing. So fun times indeed. How about you, Gary? Yeah, I mean, busy times and the weather's changing, but, you know, not not too bad. That's good. That's good. All right. So um, this has been a very interesting week for gaming news. Uh, obviously, because next Friday is the release date of Red Dead Redemption 2. So uh, we definitely have a lot to talk about, and we're going to get to that topic a little bit later on in the show. But there are some other things we definitely need to address before that. Um, so as usual, before we get into everything, um, we're going to let you all know what we have been playing. So, Gary, I'm going to go to you first and ask you, uh, what have you been playing this week? Well, it's a good idea to go to me first because, uh, I, like, I really haven't been playing anything besides Overwatch, you know, and <laughs> even, even that, I haven't played it that much. So, yeah, not not much at all this week. Uh, this was a pretty busy week for me. I was very productive work-wise, but, um, yeah, I just didn't really have much time for the gaming, you know, besides a couple games of Overwatch every day. So, Yeah. I got, I got you. So as far as the, was there anything that you watched or you didn't have time to watch anything either this week? Um, well, Daredevil came out today in full and uh, I watched um, episode seven. But that's the I only managed to watch that one episode. Uh, besides that, nope, nothing else really. That's cool. But that's pretty, cool. Pretty, yeah. pretty boring adult life, I know, but hey, that's, <laughs> that's life. That, that's that's totally fine and and and, and you know expected honestly uh yeah it's hard to make time for a lot of things as we get older so i understand that um as for yeah you already mentioned daredevil yes it is out today uh for those who haven't seen it yet or maybe you've only seen the yeah. first six six episodes i would definitely encourage you to check out the podcast discussion we had a couple of days ago with uh dana and ramis uh, i thought we had a very very good candid discussion on the show uh, and I, I will say that the show and I mean again and let me just preference by saying well you saw episode 7 I've only seen the first 6 episodes of season 3 so far I do intend to watch the rest of this weekend but I can tell you right now it already in my personal opinion is the best Marvel Netflix show that they have on the platform right now no offense to uh, Jessica Jones 
or Luke Cage in Iron Fist. We're not even talking about that because that is that is no longer a show anymore. But yeah, Daredevil is the best show, so I would encourage all of you to check it out, especially if you're a fan of Marvel. Um, and definitely check out that podcast discussion we had if you're curious what our thoughts were, because we went into a lot of stuff on that show and talking about the characters, the, the way the show has changed. So I would encourage you all to check it out if you're interested. Um, so as for what I have been playing and watching, um, I have been playing only one game this week, and I'm surprised to say that uh, I have been playing this game so much. That game, of course, is Call of Duty Black Ops 4. Now, uh, Anthony Nash actually wrote a review for us. It is currently on the website right now. He gave it a 90 out of 100. Um, And I would encourage you to check out the review if you're curious to see what he had to say because he goes into detail about the different modes, whether it's the zombie mode, the blackout mode, or just the regular multiplayer mode. Um, But I have been playing the game. And the funny thing is, when this game was announced and they said that it wouldn't have a single player campaign that already for me was 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 a reason for me to avoid the game because I usually like the stories that they have in these Call of Duty games. So I was already skeptical about this game, but as I started to see a lot of people I know were playing it, I decided let me try it out and see what the game is like. And I have to say that I'm enjoying it very, very much so far in terms of what it does offer. Now, I spent a lot of time with the uh, Specialist HQ, which basically is you play this mode to familiarize yourself with the different classes they have because it's 10 different characters. Most of these characters have appeared in the other Black Ops games. But basically, you play this particular mode and, you know, as you're playing as each character, basically the setup is you have a overview well, I guess no. They call it an onboarding. They had it starts out with a, a basic onboarding match to basically, you know, you get to familiarize yourself with what the character does, what their special abilities are, so on and so forth, what weapons they use. Then you get a cutscene of the character's backstory, and then it goes into an actual mode that you get to play, whether it's domination, free for all, so on and so forth. And you can see how that player actually how you actually play as a character on the battlefield, so to speak. Um, the way that they structure and put that together, because it basically is a tutorial, but you have to replay it uh, multiple times when you actually do the mission part, because when you actually do the, do, do the actual matchup part, it, you have to play it multiple times because you have to play it on uh, the regular setting, uh, and the veteran setting, and just the regular novice uh, from, from the beginning, just, just to familiarize yourself with everything. But... Uh, you do that for all 10 characters, and it does sprinkle some of the backstory of each character. So I thought that was a very interesting way to do that, because as you familiarize yourself with the classes, you'll feel more comfortable going into when you actually do play the game. So I believe Nash referenced that um, it sort of reminds him of Overwatch with the classes, the way that they handle the specialists. And I can see why he would say that. Um, because yeah, it, it definitely just by playing that mode now, I definitely am, am encouraged to keep going back to the multiplayer just to get a feel for how things change and how they're going to evolve uh, moving forward. But um, fantastic multiplayer game. You know, I spent some time with zombies. 
Um, I haven't spent too much time in zombies, but what I played so far of zombies is pretty much what you would expect. A lot of weird stuff, you know, the timelines are different. They had one particular stage where you're playing on the Titanic, another one where you're playing during in, in, in ancient times in like an arena setting. So a lot of weird stuff that they try out with zombies, but it's all fun. It's not, nothing, nothing bad about it. And then as for the blackout mode, uh, you know, if you're a fan of PUBG, one of the major criticisms of PUBG is that it's not quite as polished. This is a much more polished version of, of what PUBG has in their Battle Royale mode. And it's just, in my opinion, a lot better. A lot more stable as well, I would say. But then again, I haven't gone back to PUBG since bad about it. It has patch on Xbox One. So I'm pretty sure that it's a lot better now than it was when I played it at launch. But I have to say, uh, we'll call it, what Activision has done with their version of a Battle Royale is definitely a lot of fun. Um, I'm very curious to see how they evolve this particular uh, mode, but not just this mode, the whole game moving forward, because they're still going to have DLC for it, still going to have a season pass for it, and I'm curious to see how they support this stuff moving forward, because normally a new game, it has a single player and it has some multiplayer stuff, but since this is all multiplayer, I am very curious to see what they're going to do to keep it fresh and interesting for everybody that actually wants to play it. So, looking forward to it. But uh, what I can say right now, the game is fantastic. You know, if you like multiplayer games, you like first-person shooters, you definitely should pick this game up like ASAP. And if you want to wait until it's on sale, because we, everybody knows Black Friday coming up, this game will probably be half price by the end of the year for a limited time. I definitely would wait until then if you want to. But it is definitely worth picking up if you are a fan of first-person shooters and you like to play with your friends. Um, but yeah, that's all I have to say about Call of Duty Black Ops 4. As I've already mentioned, uh, Nash has a review on the website right now, so definitely check it out for more of more thoughts on, on the game. Um, as for what I've been watching, and I'm going to be very brief on this, I did see the new Halloween movie last night. Uh, I don't want to give away any spoilers of the movie because maybe some of y'all out there are planning to go see it. Um, I believe Dana also saw it this week. She actually went to a screening in New York. I thought the movie was good. Um, just, uh, you know, very comical. A lot of the stuff was, you know, I just have to laugh about some of the decisions that some of the characters made in this particular movie because obviously you, when you make a bad decision, you definitely get killed. Um, one spoiler that I will give away Normally, uh, in these horror movies, I would make the joke that the black people would get killed first. Um, they made the black people a little bit more intelligent in this movie. Like when they see Michael Myers, they just start running. You know, one kid in particular in this movie. I laughed when I saw that because that's exactly what my reaction would be. You know, if I see a serial killer on the loose, oh, I'm getting the hell out of, out the way of that of that of that killer, and I will not get uh taken out. So I I appreciated that, but uh. Movie was funny. Uh, in, in terms of if it was scary, I don't necessarily think it was scary. Um, I've seen a lot more movies this year that I think are really a hell of a lot more scarier than that. But if you want to go see uh, a nice movie, a nice little entertaining film that you will laugh, uh, this is this this is this isn't bad. You know, this is definitely worth seeing. I would say that much. But um, that pretty much concludes uh, all that we've been playing. 
in all that we've saw uh, so far this week. So if you had a chance to play Call of Duty, if you had a chance to see Daredevil or Halloween, definitely let us know what you thought, what you think of these shows in the comment section. Or if you're watching live, yeah, feel free to let us know also what you think of these games and these movies, TV shows, etc. But uh, we're going to go in and we're going to jump right into the news because um, we definitely have to get to this Red Dead Redemption 2 controversy. Um, before we do that, Let's talk about a few other things. Gary, I'm actually going to give the floor to you because this is something that's going on right now in the UK. And I want you to educate us all about what's going on with games and Games Master magazines. Oh, my bad. Yeah, so basically uh, Games TM and Games Master are, uh, you know, very celebrated uh, magazine publications in the UK. Uh, Games Master was actually named after a TV show that we had back in the 90s, like around 1993. And, um, you know, it was one of the only places you could really, like, find out about new games coming out back then and stuff, because obviously there was no internet or anything like that. So you had to rely on the magazines, word of mouth, and, you know, having these different TV shows was, you know, it was like gold back then, because you know, I mean, uh, you guys had uh, G G T V or whatever it was. You know, um, in you know, like throughout last decade and everything. And you know, there was a few other like gaming shows and channels throughout the years. Like, but back then, like that for us, that was like the only source of like finding out about new games and everything. So, um, a lot of people will hold these publications near and dear to 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 their heart. You know, I remember finding out about cheats and you know all sorts from these magazines and they've been running a very long time but now it's to the point where they're not profitable anymore just because of the internet and because of you know stuff that we do even like you know with the, the website and everything you can literally find gaming news anywhere now like twitter you know facebook you can go to specific websites youtube you know like it's just once a story hits it's just everywhere online and that's where people go to to find out what's going on and people aren't really buying magazines anymore um i feel like the magazines probably have to offer something else uh to to you know attract people um there has to be like uh exclusive like uh is it gaming for game informer that you guys have um and sometimes they get like exclusive uh rebuilds for games and stuff like that and that entices people to go out and buy them um, so unless you're doing that and getting exclusive reveals and, and things like that, you know, people aren't really going to the magazines to get gaming news anymore because it's going to be outdated, you know, because um, they publish monthly and everything. And, you know, on the Internet, things are published like instantly, so they can't keep up. Um, and yeah, I guess the, the, they were no longer profitable. Uh, both magazines were actually bought by a parent company a few years ago. Um, and that published that uh, sorry that company was called Future Publishing, and you know uh, Future Publishing reported that both these magazines are no longer profitable for them. So the November issue will be the final issue, and then uh, the the staff that produces these magazines they'll be um, reemployed within the company doing other things. So at least people aren't going to be losing their jobs. That's a plus. But yeah, I mean. Uh, 
for for us in the UK, like these names actually meant something to to our gaming culture. So definitely sad to see them go. Um, but I feel like maybe they should have done more online because I mean that's what a lot of uh, the gaming magazines did. Like they just increased their presence online, you know, by doing different things online instead. But these ones were pretty much, you know, they. That the whole goal was to keep selling the magazine, so uh, you know now they're they're not profitable, and it, it's sad, but that's just the way the world has moved. So there's not much you can really do or say about it. But Rich, how do you feel about it? Well, yeah, I do agree that it's unfortunate news to to hear, uh, especially for you guys in the UK. Uh, I did want want to make a couple of comments. Uh, um, I, f I found it funny you mentioned Game Informer because I actually got the latest Game Informer this week and they did have coverage in there for one of your most anticipating games of 2019, Gary, Dreams. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, that, that, yeah, so they, like, like you mentioned, you know, if you are a publication, uh, if you're able to get any exclusive interviews, any exclusive content, normally that is what keeps you, um, keeps you afloat. And especially with Game Informer, because of the name behind that company, the fact they've been in the industry for so long, I definitely think, so, you know, and they still have the magazine out. So I'm pretty sure I'm not I'm, I mean, I'm pretty sure that there's been some decline in some areas. But for right now, they're still thriving. So they're in a perfectly good position. Um, but, yeah, just like with uh, running this website or basically anybody that, that runs anything, whether you have a gaming channel on YouTube, Twitch, or what have you, it, it feels like you the, the, the same rule applies. You, you have to have something unique that you bring to the table to remain relevant and to keep afloat. Um, because if you don't have any of this stuff, then it's going to be hard to separate yourself from the competition. Um, gaming pretty much everybody does it like right now like you said I, I've seen places like Forbes magazine they have ga gaming editors over there now they've been doing that stuff they didn't always used to cover video games so this is something that obviously people are still doing uh, even if you're a news publication you're covering to some extent and then of course if you're a place like CNN you'll only cover this stuff when there's some controversy that's involved that you think that you need to address but uh yeah, pretty much, though, everybody definitely wants to cover gaming. But um, I definitely understand and feel the sentiment of losing this particular publication in the UK. Uh, very much reminds me of when I found out that 1UP um, was no longer was, was going to get shut down and also game trailers. 1UP uh, especially because they had a podcast they used to record. And that actually was what got me into gaming back in the day, listening to that podcast and watching the videos. Uh, this is before IGN, you know, IGN. Yes, I know about IGN. They've always been around. But One Up was the podcast when I started listening to that show and some of the people on that show and watching videos. That's what got me interested into wanting to cover this stuff. So to see them disappear, to see game trailers disappear and the game trailers thing was also a bit of a shock to me and because they, they they put in so much time having quality videos come out you know such a well-known and respected company in this industry so to hear whenever a company shuts down is it's not good news but um i understand that 
you still have to make business. I mean, you still have to make money in this business. Um, you have to have something that separates you, separates yourself from the competition. Um, you also have to have an audience that is following, because all of that stuff will dictate and determine how long you last as an actual company. So, I guess for one up uh, in uh, game in game trailers, the people who were involved in the process, the higher ups. Maybe they decided that they did not want to fund this particular project anymore. You know, there's no telling what all happened with those particular companies. But um, I do know that um, it's a very competitive field. So you always have to evolve and grow with the times. And if you don't do that, then it's going to be that much harder to really continue to sustain and keep keep things going. So um, definitely uh, concerned about the people that... Uh, might have lost their jobs involved in this process. Hopefully that they are able to find other work as I fully understand and know what it's like to lose a job. So um, that's that's definitely a concern. But uh, yeah, it's just it's, it's always bad to hear about something getting shut down. So hopefully um, now we'll see what, what comes after this. But the question I wanted to ask you is now now that this is this happening uh what, what what alternatives do you have if you wanted to get coverage of video games in the uk besides from ign or any of the other high profile websites uh, i mean you know it's it's pretty much the internet i mean the, the internet is the the global uh source of everything so it's like you can be in the uk and you know you can go to american sites you have access to that whereas you know, back when these magazines were thriving, you couldn't just go to the supermarket and buy a US magazine, you know? So uh, it's like, you, you just go wherever you're used to getting your news now. Um, and as for, you know, if you're just talking in particular, like uh, physical media, then uh, it's, I mean, I when I whenever I go to like a WH Smith or, uh, you know, a, a supermarket or a newsstand or something like that, I do see like these random video game magazines and stuff like that, like just different names and stuff. Um, I don't know how they're able to be funded. I, I'm guessing they're owned by other bigger outlets and stuff. But I mean, at the end of the day, all the news is going to be outdated in them. So it's like that. I mean, the, the people who just want gaming news, they're not even going to go and pick up one of those magazines because you're just going to, you know, take out your phone and then go to, uh, coalition.com or vg247 or you know one of the one of the other sites out there you're gonna just go straight to the source you know um so it's hard to say i mean i i don't i think uh, a lot of magazines just have to reinvent themselves and come up with new strategies and ideas to get people to buy them um because like there's a there's an important lesson learned in uh the whole netflix thing because before Blockbuster went out of business, right? The people who make Netflix went to Blockbusters and they, you know, they told them, look, we can make this uh, web web platform for you where people will be able to stream all the, the videos on your website and everything. And, you know, people can subscribe to you. And Blockbuster basically laughed them out the building. They refused, you know, and then the people who made Netflix went and made netflix and then now here we are blockbusters out of business and netflix is thriving and that's because they were forward thinking 
and blockbuster you know they were stuck in the past and they didn't want to innovate or change or move with the times so i think with you know magazines and um newspapers and you know all these physical forms of of media they they can still exist they still have a place because you know you're always gonna see commuters reading newspapers and magazines and other things of that nature but you just have to change your whole approach of how you you know um produce your content it can't i don't think it should really be news based i mean newspapers are okay because they publish every day anyway but like magazines you can't focus on delivering news because you're just going to always be outdated so you just have to focus on creating good quality content you know opinion articles and um you know uh, deep dives into things interviews you know things of that nature that people can only get f- from you and and like you said rich this is similar to a lot of the issues we face with the coalition when we're you know running the site like we have to try our, try hard to be unique because otherwise you know the people who want game news they're just going to go straight to ign.com because that's the number one source you know so it's like we have to come up with ways to um, diversify and separate ourselves from everything else so it's the same for magazines so um yeah i mean in in terms of the uk there is really no other big uk brand or but like that makes game magazines like that like i think games master was really the last one of its kind but um but there there are other i know there are others out there i just don't know the names well enough um and yeah, I mean, they can still exist. They just have to, they just have to be smart about how they deliver their content, and that's it. I agree. I yeah, I, I've actually seen that Games TM magazine in a couple of stores here because I, I thought the name sounded familiar. Then I, I pulled up an image and I said, "Oh yeah, I do remember seeing that magazine." Uh, you know, when I went to Barnes and Noble a couple of times. Um, yeah, so that's unfortunate. Um, but, uh, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll see what, what, what happens moving forward, but yeah, you know, definitely have to grow and evolve with the times, I guess, especially if you have a, a publication, uh, you know, like, like, like I said, you know, the reason why Game Informer is still around, you know, they, they have built up an excellent reputation for themselves and they always get great exclusives. Uh, interviews and coverages of a lot of upcoming games. So when you have something like that, then I think it's, it's very easy to see how you're still around, how they're still able to publish that magazine. And of course, they do have the the whole thing where if you uh, do sign up for a um, that membership at at GameStop, you can get access to that magazine depending on which uh, membership you sign up for for the for the subscription service. Um, once GameStop eventually goes out of business, I'll be very curious to see if that impacts them in any way, shape, or form. Uh, I don't, I don't know about that, but um, I have to give Game Informer their props for always making sure that they're on top of getting these exclusive opportunities because that definitely is what's keeping them afloat. And then they do an excellent job with their coverage already. But I think when you also get the exclusive opportunities, that that also gives you a boost. Because that separates you from others, in the, in the sense that you have some some content out there that no one else has access to, uh, so that's good for them. Yeah, indeed. But yes, um, 
We will see what the future holds for the UK scene in terms of if there will be another magazine. I'm pretty sure that there might be another magazine, maybe or maybe not, or we'll see what happens with that. But um, yes, thank you definitely for letting us know about that because I didn't know uh, the Game Master magazine. I haven't seen that magazine over here, but I have seen Games TM. So yeah, that's uh, that's a bit of a shock to me, but um. It is what it is. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, oh no, go ahead. Oh no, that was uh, just gonna say, yeah, that's that's the world we live in right now. But yeah, carry on. Yeah. No, absolutely, absolutely. Wish them well, and we'll see what's next. But uh, so yeah, let's move on to the next topic. This topic um is going to be an interesting one because uh. I, I did witness this firsthand. Well, I mean, I didn't witness this. People were asking me if I was receiving this message. I, I didn't receive it. But basically, PSN had a bit of an issue this week um, in terms of there was people that were reporting that they were receiving a message. Um, and the message basically was crashing their systems. So this issue, I believe, happened, I believe it was last Monday or Tuesday. I'm not really sure of the exact day. I know it was early last week, but essentially what happened is after people received the message, they logged into their system and they were having issues where they were reporting that PS4s were crashing. Um, so as a result of this, Sony issued a statement saying that they were going to look into the matter and fix it as soon as possible. And eventually they did fix the issue. Um, but um, it's just a very random thing to happen. I don't really know if something like this has happened with Xbox. Um, I know we had the joke that, uh, you know, there obviously was some hackers involved um, because there was something else that happened uh, recently with something else being hacked. So I thought maybe it could have been the same hacker. Um, I, I, obviously, no, I, I just think that this was an issue. But hopefully it is something that is resolved now. But. I just wanted to ask your thoughts on this particular incident and whether or not you think um, PlayStation needs to do more to protect their their online infrastructure from stuff like this happening. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, there's a lot more they could be doing to, to you know to protect the platform and everything. We we know they had a huge outage with the PS3, and uh, that made them look bad for a while. You know. Uh, that was like a whole month, I believe, like or close to a month. Um, so yeah, I mean, you, you don't want that to happen again. So they definitely have to work out some of these kinks and make sure the, the network is secure for everyone. I actually remember because um, I, I never actually turn on my my PS4 much anymore. So if I would have got this message, I never even would have known, to be honest. Um, but uh, like, I do have the. Uh, the PSN app and I remember like months ago I used to get a ton of spam messages you know on PSN and they would uh, pop up on the app on my phone um, so like just the fact that stuff like that is happening it's like how is this you know how is this possible like on PSN like for people random people to just send me spam messages and stuff and I know there's probably settings I can change to make my account private and things like that but 
you know, I, I would never like think something like that would, would be possible on, on a gaming platform. You know, um, I expect that from MSN and you know uh, Bing or you know my, Microsoft's platform because I get a ton of spam emails in my Microsoft inbox all the time. So I, that, I expect that from you know that sort of stuff, but like not a, a games console. So um, yeah, they they definitely need to uh, just make sure everything is secure. Because uh, they've had a few mishaps that have worried people over the years with PSN. And going back to last week, they've only just figured out how to let us change our names. So stuff like that is very worrying. It's like, do you guys actually know how to run this network or what? But, you know, um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, in technology, stuff like this is going to happen. So I, I can't beat Sony up too much, even though it's it, sometimes it's funny to, you know, joke about it but um stuff like this is going to happen it can happen to to any site it can happen to facebook uh we saw you know that that thing you were referring to was from twitter where they were sending us funny messages the other day and stuff like oh yeah you, you, you never know like with with all these sites and this technology you never know like things like this are possible um and it's actually going to be a scary future the more things begin to to rely on technology because you know if there's like hackers out there who want to just like make a statement like there's so much they can do because so much of our lives now is on technology it was run by technology um so all like whenever stuff like this happens it's a reminder but it's good that sony is uh well i hope that you know the the fix that they said they've issued now you know, I hope that it actually works and that it's resolved the issue for all those people infected. So, um, and also, um, you know, on Twitter, the, one of the PlayStation accounts, they were very adamant on, on people using the right terminology because, you know, when this first started happening, everybody was saying that they were saying the word bricked, like it bricks your console. And, you know, um, Sony want you to be aware that that's, that's not correct. You should be using the term crash because what the message does is it sends your console into a crash loop so it doesn't completely brick your system it just crashes it um and yeah i saw that i've, I've actually got it on screen but there's a funny tweet where they're correcting someone uh who says that you know their console is bricked and they're correcting them saying that it's not bricked it's actually a crash loop you know so that was, that was very funny but yeah sony wants everyone to know your console won't be bricked it's just gonna crash yeah. and i guess yeah. that, i guess that's supposed to be better but yeah well i well i i totally understand the that certain things can happen i mean i've had a lot of instances where i will be playing a game for review on playstation 4 and the game crashes at a at a pivotal point in the process that uh you know, maybe an important part of, of the game that I'm playing through, uh, able to boot it back up, no problem. But I did have one incident that happened last year when I was reviewing one particular game. I believe that was, uh, uh, I have to go back and check the game. Uh, it was one of those independent titles, uh, and there was an issue where it crashed. But then when I tried to restart from the save, the save was corrupted. So as a result, I couldn't go back to the game I would unless I started from the very beginning. So I was pissed when that happened. Um, 
So I understand certain stuff is, is going to happen. This particular incident, though, is a definitely concerning. You know, you don't want the fans to have any. I mean, this is the worst time of the year to have an issue like this with all these upcoming games. I could imagine you just wanting to sit back. You've had a long day of work. You just want to come home, maybe grab some food and then jump on your PS4, your Xbox One, play a game. And then you jump on there and then you now you're having an issue where you can't start the system where there's an issue with that. So, I mean, I'm glad that they fixed it, fixed it. Hopefully um, they're going to continue to take measures to do more things to make the network more secure. Uh, we can also talk about with Xbox, you know, because I know uh, almost every, uh, you know, maybe this hasn't happened recently, but I know for like the last couple of years during the holiday season, Xbox and PlayStation would have an outage around the time, you know, I, I mean, it was Christmas Day or like right before Christmas, around the time when, you know, you would expect if somebody's getting a new game for Christmas, then they can't even, they can't even play that game. They can't jump on their console and play that. So that is an issue that Microsoft and Sony has had in the past. Not so much recently. I haven't really seen that particular problem. Hopefully that doesn't happen this upcoming holiday season. For like but, um... I definitely think that, um, you know, Sony definitely has to look at this particular incident as something, you know, we, we, we want to try to avoid these things in the future so we can find ways to improve the network. We definitely need to need to take those measures. And obviously, since they're making all their money with PlayStation, um, I think they can easily afford to invest more money into this type of stuff, um, especially if it's a concern to the client, because you want to make sure that you're continuing to keep people, especially for those that are paying for PlayStation Plus, you need to make sure that they, you're keeping those people hap happy because they, they're investing their hard-earned money into your company. So hopefully they learn that from this particular issue. Obviously, your stuff is going to happen because it just happens. Hackers are out here doing whatever they want to do, but they just have to make sure that they are constantly improving so that when stuff does happen, either it gets fixed immediately or they reduce the chances of it happening because they have already taken the steps to make things more secure. So we'll see what happens, but uh, a rough situation to say the least. <laughs> yeah, so Sony needs to hire some hackers, man, because that's what Facebook does. Like they hire hackers so that they know how to fix everything. Because you know the hackers are obviously going to tell them that where they're vulnerable and everything. They're going to probably going to run a lot of tests every day to find yeah. out where the vulnerable spots are so that you know for any company that's making technology that's a good tip right there just hire the hackers throw money at them and then you know uh you you can try and prevent some of this stuff from happening so i agree yeah a, a very very good tip i i do say but um yeah so any any other thoughts on psn before we move on to the next topic that's pretty much it Okay, I, I, I definitely want to address this next topic. It wasn't originally listed on here, but I, I have to say something on this because something to say on it as well. We got news earlier today that uh, Days Gone, a game that was currently slated to arrive on February 22nd, has now been delayed and will be launching on PlayStation 4, I believe, April 26th. So basically a two month delay. And the reason for the delay, as they stated in the quote, is that 
you know, February is a very crowded month for game releases and they want to make the game as polished as it possibly can be. So I know since you have already told me off camera that you don't really have, you're not really interested in this game. I wanted to get what are your thoughts on this particular game being delayed and, and um, whether it's a negative or positive thing that it is delayed and, and, and should we be concerned about the how the game will eventually turn out? Um, I, I think it is slightly negative because, you know, as much as, much as we uh, get on Microsoft for the lack of games, we now have to get on Sony. I mean, they had a great year last year. This year they've released a few things, you know, God of War, Detroit. Uh, Spider-Man, but you know now those things are out the door, um, and it's like we're we're looking and we're waiting to see what's next. Like you know what 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 do we look forward to next? Where's Last of Us Two? Where's Days Gone? Where's Death Stranding? You know, um, where's Kingdom Hearts? You know, uh, well I mean I guess that game's coming out hopefully soon, but um, yeah, yeah, the end of January it'll be out on PS4 and Xbox. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, that's coming at least. But um, but yeah, I mean, so when like you know, people are looking for that that next PlayStation exclusive now. Um, and to know that this is now delayed, I'm sure some people might be frustrated because that leaves a larger gap between you know the the next uh big premium exclusive for the PS4. Um, and you know we we still don't understand what Death Stranding is, so. That's another strike against them. There's no PSX as well, so it's like, what what do we have to look forward to, and how long are we gonna have to wait for these games? Um, so yeah, I mean, it is slightly negative, but for me personally, I wasn't looking forward to the game anyway, so it doesn't make any difference to me. Um, <laughs> like, cause uh, for me, the the only selling point. I see with that. I mean, it's not even a selling point, but the only impressive thing I see with that game is the amount of zombies that are on screen at once. Like, that's pretty cool. And if they can pull that off consistently with no frame rate drops, then that is definitely impressive. But it's like, what else? Like, why are you looking forward to this game, Rich? Like, enlighten me. Like, what is the appeal of this game? Because I don't understand it. That's so. So that, 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 that that's a very good question. So I'm looking forward to the game, basically because of the studio that's behind it. Uh, these are the same guys that worked on Siphon Filter, and while I would have loved to have seen that get announced at a, a past show, it never did get announced. Um, so I I I I'm I'm, I'm I, I have do have some faith in in them trying new projects. You know, I think if you have been making a certain amount of games for several years and it's the same franchise you definitely should branch out and do other things um so i do have some intrigue in death stranding because of the because of the studio number one N- number two it, it looks it looks very different i mean the zombie stuff is in there the apocalypse stuff is in there and they don't refer to their particular creatures as zombies in the game i forget what the uh producer said that they call them but yeah you look at them and you like you could make this yeah these are definitely some zombies some undead creatures but to me what gets what gets me about the game is that um i think i think of a show like uh sons of anarchy and this to me looks like of that show but obviously it has a lot more differences to it whereas you have you know the biker gang but then you also have these 
you know, all these different threats, whether it's the creatures, the animals also being infected, um, or just uh, other human threats. So there are some things that definitely interest me about the game. If there's one aspect about the game that I am not looking forward to, it is the part where the producer talked about the game and mentioned that the bike that you drive is a major, major point of the game, as in something that you have to rely on and you always have to, you know, build up the bike and stuff like that. I don't really think I'm too into that particular aspect of it, you know, but then again, I haven't played the game yet, so I can't say for sure whether or not it works. I do know uh, our colleague who used to write for Coalition, David Jagno, he did talk to me about a couple of times he's played the game. The first time he played the game, he mentioned that it wasn't really as polished uh, and he didn't like it too much. But then he says when he played it the second time, this was around E3, this past E3, but the game was fantastic and definitely significantly improved in a lot of areas. So I, I obviously haven't played it yet. So I can't say for sure whether or not I think the game is going to turn out fantastic. I know I'm intrigued by it. Um, so we'll have to see. But I do think that them delaying the game I, you know, I, I'm fine with the delay because that same day that this game was supposed to come out, you have a couple of other titles that are one title in particular that's going to be a very big deal, and that's Anthem. You know, Bioware, EA are fully behind that game. It was coming the same day this game was going to come out. Then you have Metro Exodus, which is another game that is looking very impressive from 4A games. Uh, we have Crackdown 3, which is originally that was supposed to come out the same day. Now, in the 19, unless, of course, Microsoft changes that date again to like the springtime and they release it March or April. Um, but, um, I mean, there's a lot of games coming out in February. So I understand the reason for people um, deciding to delay it. But um, we'll just have to see whether or not. I mean, ultimately, I think it's still good. And does if the final product turns out better, then yeah, that's all that matters. You want the, the game to turn out great. You spend all this time working on it, so I'm fine with the delay. No doubt about that. Yeah, I mean, you, you, I mean, yeah, I, like, like I always say, a delay is a good thing if it does improve the game and make it better. Because you know, the last thing you want to do is rush out the game and it, it's not working properly, and then it gets a bad name because. It's not, you know, it's glitchy and it's broken. Um, so obviously, you know, these delays are sometimes warranted. Um, I just think if I'm, you know, uh, well, I am a, a PlayStation 4 owner. And at the moment, I'm like, okay, what reason do I have, you know, to, to, to keep using this console right now? And that's all I'm thinking, you know, as, as a PlayStation 4 owner. And um, I feel like, it's going to be a while before I turn it on again. I mean, of course, I have, I still have to play Spider-Man, but that's like the only one that I want to play right now. And then after that, it's like, I don't even know what I want to play after that, to be honest, on the PS4, because everything else I can pretty much get on PC. Uh, we're going to talk about, you know, a rumor in a sec that, that kind of, you know, confirms that even more. Um, but yeah, like, I, I want to know what's coming down the pipeline and when you know in terms of the ps4 now especially when they're starting to talk about the ps5 now because then that makes me 
worried that you know we're going to be waiting a while for for a lot of these games to come out and that they're going to come out towards the end of the ps4's life cycle anyway you know and i hate when games do that when they come out like towards the end of a console's lifespan because then it's like you're kind of forced to get the next console if you want to to play the game at its full capacity like its full uh, realization and everything so um, I'm hoping that, you know, a lot of these games that we're waiting for, like Ghost of Tsushima and um, Death Stranding and, you know, everything else, I hope they're actually going to come in, you know, 2019, um, because otherwise it's going to be a long wait before we play some of these games that we've been looking for. What were you going to say? Yeah, I, so I, I just want to make a quick comment. But before I, I make my comment, I, I want to ask this question. So, what 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 would you think? What would you say you need to see from Sony to fit to feel confident that they're doing a good job with PlayStation Four and and moving forward in terms of the other upcoming titles? How many titles you think they should be releasing that are exclusive to the console in a year? And and what do you need to see to be convinced that? They're in a very good position, and they're doing a good, good enough for you to want to play the system more often. Yeah, in an ideal world, I think there should be at least four, you know, um, exclusive, flagship exclusive titles for the PS4 every year. Like, because if I look at the entire life cycle of the console, they've had one good year, 2017. You know, to me personally, so. If they're not topping 2017, then they're not, in my opinion, they're not doing a good enough job. Um, now, I believe the third party is carrying all consoles right now. Like, they're carrying the Switch, they're carrying the Xbox, and they're carrying the uh, PS4, and of course PC. They're carrying, like, the third party is basically carrying the generation right now. Um, so, and to me, if I'm looking in terms of value, it's like there's really no reason for me to have a ps4 like i shouldn't have bought a ps4 basically um uh, the game i'm the games i'm most proud of being able to play are persona 5 because that's not on the pc uh and you know i mean i have to struggle now to think really like because there's a lot of games that are on pc anyway so i could have played a lot of these games um i, I can't it's hard for me to even pinpoint a, a specific ps4 game uh, I guess Uncharted 4 was good. You know, that was a really good game. Um, Horizon was good. Uh, but, I mean... Yeah, I mean, like... I just feel like this... Uh, I think it's, it's a problem with this generation. This generation just seems like... it. It's not a, a generation full of innovation. Like, because we had a, an, an incredible generation with PS3 and 360. Like that the that entire generation brought the industry forward it moved you know everything forward and uh the bar was raised to an enormous level you know and we just haven't seen that bar be raised this generation and i think that's why i'm i'm unhappy to own the ps4 um i mean I, and i don't feel compelled to own an xbox either you know it feels like in terms of exclusives and reasons to own one console over the other there's, we're really lacking in reasons right now um, so I think you know it, to have a good 2019 Sony needs like to drop at least four of these exclusives now there's a lot of them um, there's Dreams there's Ghost of Tsushima there's uh, um, there's this game you know Days Gone 
uh, Last of Us 2, which I probably, I don't think we'll see that till like 2020 or something, probably. Um, and yeah, there's probably a few other things, but to me, if you're, if this game is being delayed, then I don't know, it's not a good start for me, personally. Like, it, it doesn't seem like a good start, because this game was supposed to come in, when? February, is it? It was supposed to come in uh, February? February 2019, and initially, uh, the speculation was that it was going to release in 2018, but they never really announced any release date in 2018. That was people thinking it was going to just come out because, you know, we spoke about that before on the show. Yeah, so, I mean, if, if they're starting the year with delays, then it's, it's not a good look. So. <laughs> All right, so. And on top of that, they're already talking about PS5. So, I mean, it doesn't make me happy so, to be an owner. So, so let, 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 let me say a few quick things here. Um, now, I didn't finish uh, God of War yet. I hope to finish that by the end of the year because I actually want to go back and do some type of uh, discussion piece on which PS4 exclusive I think was the best of 2018. So I have to finish God of War in order to do that. But I played, I played, I, I, I completed in platinum both Detroit and Spider-Man. Spider-Man, I think, is absolutely, you know, the game is not a perfect game, but I, it's hands down the best Spider-Man game currently on the market. And I say that because of the story and because of the way that they use the characters that are different from any other Spider-Man game. So in my opinion, I would say that in 2018, they have improved um, because God of War, people have been waiting for that game. They got that in April. Uh, Detroit came out in May. Uh, and then, of course, we had um, Spider-Man come out in September. So I think they they have showed some improvement. Now, one thing I did want to say is when I made the news post for this Days Gone uh, story earlier, uh, I did get a tweet uh, later, uh, you know, uh, earlier today from Phantom Bash. He made an excellent point pointing out that um, it was a smart move by Sony to delay this game because now Days Gone is in the exact same window that God of War was in. And we already know that God of War did well because that was in April as well. So I kind of agree with him on that because it is smart for them to release it at a later time. Because if they try to release it in February, I believe Anthem, you know, it's not a game that I'm looking forward to, but I do believe that, I mean, I'm intrigued by it. But I have my doubts with the game. But no doubt about it, the game is going to get a, a ton of attention because EA and BioWare are involved. So I feel like it is good to avoid that game because you don't want your game to get overlooked. And this is a exclusive game. So it already has things going against it because, you know, Anthem is a multi-platform title. So I'm fine with the delay. Now, I do agree what you said, though, about knowing what's going on with these other games. Uh, and if I had to make a, a, a guess, and again, this is just a guess because I'm no expert. I think Death Stranding is a PlayStation 5 uh, uh, launch title. And I think that at E3 next year, they very well could announce PlayStation 5 is in development. And it may come out either early 2020, 2020 or fall 2019. But I don't think it's coming that soon. I mean, 2020, I think, is more reasonable. But um, they definitely are going to announce that that system is in development. I mean, they've, they've already confirmed that it's already been in development. But I mean, like an actual reveal event for it in 2019. I totally see that happening. 
because again they didn't have PSX and the reason they didn't have PSX is because they there was no new no, nothing new to talk about so that lets me know they're already working on PlayStation 5 uh, some of these titles I'm pretty sure a majority of these titles will end up on PlayStation 4 or may end up as a cross-platform game but I, 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 you know, honestly, based on what we've seen of Death Stranding, there's no way that this game is coming out this generation. If I had to make that, I guess, in my personal opinion, I could be wrong. I don't think that this game is coming out on PlayStation 4 because Kojima hasn't shown enough of anything to really interest me. The gameplay footage they, they did show, it wasn't impressive at all. So, and all I see is a lot of video stuff with these you know the full the cinematic videos and stuff so i don't think that game is coming anytime soon um but i could be wrong uh we'll have to wait and see but in regards to this generation i understand and i agree that it it, it definitely got off to a slower start and when you compare playstation 3 and xbox 360 last generation there is no competition at all because that generation there was some heavy hitter games that really did make some differences. I, I remember Mass Effect. That was the game that essentially got me into that series. That was one of those games that changed my whole viewpoint of what they were doing with consoles. Uh, Bioware, uh, not Bioware, uh, Bioshock is another one. Um, and both of those games were last generation. So, um, so far this generation, I haven't really seen too many other games really changing the count the conversation uh obviously people keep saying red dead redemption 2 is going to do major things i mean i can't really confirm that yet because i haven't played the game yet but i do believe that rockstar is going to put out a great product and we'll get into rockstar here uh shortly but in regards to so far this generation i can understand how it could be disappointing for some um not really any innovation i agree with that 100 percent but um I don't think it's, it's bad necessarily, but um, can it improve? It absolutely can. But I just think that at this point, Microsoft and Sony, they're thinking about next-gen consoles. So we're probably going to just breeze right into that generation and have to wait and see what actually happens with all this other stuff. But um, in regards to Days Gone getting delayed, I'm, I'm fine with the delay. Um, We'll see whether or not, you know, that ends up being in their favor. I think it will because I don't really, there hasn't really been too many other games announced for April yet, but um, we'll just have to wait and see what happens with that. And then, of course, as you used to communicate what else is going on with these other titles, I, I can confirm Dreams is definitely coming in 2019 because the story I read in Game Informer, that pretty much said the release date right now, the window is 2019. So it's coming in 2019. As for uh, Last of Us in uh, Ghost of Tsushima, I think Last of Us definitely, Ghost of Tsushima, I, I have no idea because there hasn't been any, any other news on that game. So we'll have to wait and see. So what, what you're telling me is basically I should just sell my PS4 right now. Pretty much. <laughs> I, well, well, I, 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 I mean, I wouldn't say that. I, I don't want to come on here and convince somebody to 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 sell to sell anything you know i i'm a fan of sony microsoft and nintendo to a certain to play nintendo because i haven't really found any game that 
has captured my attention enough where I want to play it. So in this case, what I'm telling you is as someone who has a PlayStation 4, I would definitely encourage all of the games that are exclusives for that reasoning. Play Spider-Man is a must must play game. So you definitely should pick that up. Alright, I'll play Spider-Man and then I'll put my PS4 on eBay. Cool. <laughs> Just keep in mind, last two months, this is not coming to peace. So, <laughs> uh, you, you broke up a bit there, but I think you said uh, Last of Us Two isn't coming to PC. Well, I mean, I mean, that, you know, it's okay if I if I want to uh, see two girls kissing. There's other things on PC I can, you know, I can navigate to, to to see that. So I'm good, basically. So yeah, let me know if we. I don't know if the camera was causing issues. Um, uh, but yeah, no. Yeah, you, go sound, ahead. you sound good now. Carry on. Yeah. Oh no, but yeah, no. But all, but, all, but all I said was, just remember that Last of Us Part Two and Ghost of Tsushima, neither of those games are coming to PC. So if you get rid of that PlayStation Four, you have to be okay with that decision. That that that, that that's the point that I'm getting at. <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, you make, but, uh, you make a good argument because Ghost of Tsushima does, you know, it does look pretty good. But, um, yeah, I mean. I guess I'm just not gonna really be playing my PS4 much within the next year or so. so. I, I I totally understand that. Um, and 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 as for somebody, <clears throat> should I get rid of my Xbox? I would tell them, well, if you have a gaming PC, you have Windows 10, then maybe you don't need the Xbox. But uh, with that said, that don't mean Xbox is bad. You know, the Xbox One X is a good console. Um, I don't have any issues with it, and I don't have a gaming PC that can actually run most of these games. So, Xbox works for me, but it may not work for anybody else. So, I just say to anybody, think about the decision of the games you want to play. If you don't want to play, or you're not impressed, then by all means, you should get rid of the console. But you definitely, 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 definitely need to play Spider Man. Um, as you know. Any other games you might have missed? I know Horizon Zero Dawn. That's a game that I still haven't had a chance to play because I recall when it came out and I had got it that same day I went to GDC. So I was so busy with GDC by the time I came back, I had to cover. I did not get a chance to play that, so I have to go back and play that as well. Um, but um, what I what I say well this year I have enjoyed what I. I have played so far. I have so I still need to finish that. But what I played of Detroit and Spider Man, hey, I, I, was, I was cool with it. So, but yeah, yeah. You compare that to last generation. Last generation definitely hands down can't be touched. Things will get better as we move into next generation, but we have to wait and see. So, uh. Any other thoughts before we move on to um, Red Dead Redemption news? Oh no, let, let's get straight to uh, Red Dead Redemption. Let's talk about that game. 
All right, so there's a couple of uh, stories here with Red Dead Redemption. We're going to try to go over all of these. The first and foremost, this is the news rumor that it is coming to PC. Can you please let us know more details about this? Because I didn't hear about this news before we started recording. Yeah, so um, basically, uh, a website called uh, Media Market has uh, they they've actually listed Red Dead Redemption Two for the PC for release in 2019 so um yeah i mean you know uh, obviously you know when whenever uh one of the retailers uh either mistakenly or purposely um you know um releases one of these like you sometimes you have to take it with a grain of salt because sometimes it can be in error um but I do think that after the complaints Rockstar received for not bringing out the first Red Dead Redemption on PC, I do think there is a PC version in existence, uh, especially because we know this game has online, and if they plan to monetize the online, it makes sense to put the game on PC also, so they can maximize you know, their profits with the online and everything. So I definitely think we're going to see this game on the PC, and uh, see the even more reason I, I probably won't be playing my PS4 anytime soon because if, if this game is coming out in 2019, I'm probably just gonna wait for for that to come out on PC. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, great news if if this is true for PC gamers. What's your views on it, Rich? I, I well, I would say it, it is great news for PC owners, um, but. To me, I, I, I mean, I, I, the, the thing is this, I, I feel like they, Rockstar hasn't really confirmed it yet. We do know that when they released GTA V, that was a year after it was already on console. So I definitely think this rumor is, is valid. My, my only complaint is, is that would, 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 are people going to wait a full year to get this game on PC? Because I do know some people that they will buy it on PlayStation 4 and then they will buy it again on PC when it releases. But that's the question, because my, my whole thing is that people who, well, let, let's keep it real. The majority of people who, you know, depending whether they're playing on Xbox or, or, or PlayStation 4, they're going to get this game day one. I mean, regardless of the stuff that we'll get into here in a little bit with what's going on at, at Rockstar, I'm pretty sure everybody is going to, this is a day one purchase for a lot of people. So I, I, I would say it, it may take some some strong willpower for those that decide I'm going to wait a whole year to see on PC because, um, yeah, I mean, unless, they, I mean, and, and the whole thing about it, yes, there are other games you can, you can play in that time frame because there is stuff out now that is worth playing even before you think about uh, picking up Red Dead Redemption. But I just think that um, it, it, may, it may be hard because if you have a lot of friends that you know are getting it on PlayStation 4 or Xbox, then it's going to be hard for you to say, nope, I, I can't, I, I, I just can't justify buying it until it comes out on PC. So luckily I, I don't have that problem uh, because I am going to get it day one. There's no doubt about that whatsoever. And if I do happen to have a game here, uh, I definitely will consider getting it on PC as well for because of the mod support. We already know the mod support is going to be off the chain. But, um, yeah, I, I, I just think it's going to be hard for, for people to urge, especially because, I mean, I, 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 we, we already have friends 
that have been asking me when it, are, what system are you getting this game on? I know I've had David ask me this question multiple times. Um, and I'm pretty sure there are people because I know that's getting it on PlayStation 4. They're probably going to start a proxy and so forth. So it's going to be hard to say no uh, for, for you and me. No, I think I'm gonna wait. But uh, for me, it's not. It will not be. I will begin that day one. It's not even something I need to think about. But uh, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's gonna be hard to resist temptation. Everyone's gonna be like, I know for a fact when this game comes out, like Twitter, you know, every social media platform is just gonna be nothing but videos and clips and gifs and you know people talking about the game. Like, like people are just gonna go crazy talking about this game for a while when it when it comes out i'm sure um so at that point it it might be hard to resist temptation but the thing is with the way my life is now it's like all i have to do is think about okay realistically how much time do i have to play this game and right now i i barely get a lot of time anyway to play to dedicate to a single player experience like that you know I'm, i'm i haven't even been able to play dragon quest this week so um, so when I think about that, you know, I mean, I think I got time. I, I, I can wait for it. So, um, yeah, I mean, like, I, I mean, even if I got the game, I probably would struggle to find time to play it anyway. So I might as well just wait, you know, even if I just wait for a price drop on PS4, you know, I mean, um, I think I can be patient and just, you know, stick it out. And you guys will let me know how good the game is as well when you guys play it and then, you know, um, I can make a better decision then about if I want to wait or, you know, if I want to make an impulse buy or not. Um, but yeah, I mean, there, there's definitely going to be temptations, but we'll, we'll see. We'll see what it's like. Yeah, we'll definitely see what happens as far as that's concerned. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, 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 it's totally fine to wait for the PC release, though. I don't see an issue with that, but uh, it, it, it may be difficult. But, uh, yeah, I, mean, again, I, I do know a lot of people will buy both. Like, they will buy on PS4, and then when it comes out on PC, they will just buy the PC version just to relive the game in, in a higher resolution and higher, uh, you know, visuals and, and everything like that. Um, and there's also people on PC who you know, who are, who will be patient and just wait for the PC version and won't bother to play the game beforehand, so, uh, you, I mean, you've got a mix of different types of gamers, so, I mean, I, I just think it's a good idea that it does come out on PC just so you give people the options, but, but yeah. Absolutely, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see how all of that turns out. Out. But um, speaking on moving on to more Red Dead news, uh, we can now confirm because I've seen some images online. The game is actually on two discs. There's actually one disc for data, and one disc that you actually use to actually play the game. So I do understand. I do believe that uh, the download size is close to 100 gigabytes. So um, what are your thoughts on the fact that this game is so massive, Gary? yeah um a few things to unpack with this but um yeah 
like I, I saw a lot of people panicking about the fact that it's on two discs and everything. Uh, but the way things work this generation is that uh, you like you put the disc in your console and it installs the data to your console anyway. You know, um, so it's not you're not going to have to switch discs in the middle of the game or anything like that. I think what's going to happen is you put both discs in and it installs from both discs. But then you you only you you only ever use one disc to play it play the game itself because uh, the disc is just to confirm that you own the game and you you bought the copy and everything um, and and it installs the data to your console so yeah I mean you don't you won't have to switch discs or anything like that mid game so you don't have to worry about that but yeah I mean that that's where we are right now like these games are getting bigger and bigger in size and for what this game is promising um i can see why it would be 100 gigs um being on pc i'm already used to games now being 100 gigs because uh, I, I i don't know if i told you but i rebought final fantasy 15 that's a 100 gigabyte game on pc um gears of war uh i think it's four the, the latest gears of war that's 100 gigs um, I think Forza might be, I'm, I'm not sure, but yeah, there's more and more 100 gigabyte games on PC. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, this is a thing now and it's going to happen with consoles. Um, I just hope everybody's upgraded their, you know, hard drive space and everything like that. Uh, because, yeah, I mean, this is where the generation's going. You're going to have games this big and then um, people are going to be struggling to download these games because uh, they're so big as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you get the disc version, it, it might actually be a plus because it might limit what you actually have to download because a lot of the data will be on the disc itself. So you're just installing from the disc. So um, if you do have a bad connection, I would I, uh, probably advise you to get the disc because it might it might mean you have to download less. Uh, there's probably still going to be a patch and there's probably still going to be um, a lot of stuff you have to install to like download and, and stuff but um, I don't think it's too bad that there's two discs to be honest with you because it's not like you're switching mid game but what's your thoughts well I know uh, our colleague Mr. Kennedy um, he told me he's getting it on disc I, I mean it, yeah it, it sounds like it's a massive game so that's totally fine. Uh, my only thing is, um, I mean, I, one thing I have noticed about myself this generation, I've been very quick to just move on to downloads. So even though it may take hours upon hours on end to download the game, I absolutely positive, I absolutely positive, positively will do that because I don't think it's, um, I mean, I don't want to have to keep putting the disc inside the console. Uh, every single time I want to play the game, I just like the accessibility to just play it right away any anytime I want to and then switching from game to game. So that's why I like digital more so than the physical. But for those that prefer physical, I totally understand if you want that. Uh, the other reason is because, you know, a lot of the physical games that I do have, it takes up a, a ton of space. If you keep getting those games on physical, it's going to take up a lot of space in your in your uh in your room or wherever you have your game stored at. So I personally just go with digital now if I can if I can manage to. Now I will I will admit that 
because I do have uh, the Best Buy Gamers Unlocked Club, which even though that club is over, I'm still a member until the sub expires. So obviously, if I wanted to buy a game physically, um, I definitely absolutely positively will get a discount on that game still. But that's only the physical version. So uh, it's it's hard not to use that. Um, knowing that it's going to expire, but I will still use it in certain instances. But I, I, most of the time, I like to just get the game digitally, especially if it's a game that I already know I'm going to play a lot of, um, just so that I don't have to keep putting the game inside my PlayStation 4 or my Xbox One. Uh, but with that said, totally fine with the game being massive. I mean, they've, they did mention that this game... Is going to have a 60, around a 60 hour campaign just for the story. Uh, it's going to have Red Dead Online at a later time that is still to be determined. Um, and it just, the, the scope is a lot, is massive for the game. So I'm totally fine with it being huge. Um, but yeah, I mean, once again, it just really, really reiterates to me that when this generation started, uh, we should not have started with having 500 gigabyte hard drives installed in the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One because that's that size is, is, is an absolute joke. We needed to have one terabyte right out of the gates. Uh, so next generation, I would hope with uh, whatever the next Xbox and PlayStation is, it's not going to have a 500 gigabyte hard drive in there because I understand they had to have that size in there because it will cut down on the costs some extent but we cannot do 500 gigabytes anymore it has to be a terabyte or higher i think they should start with two terabytes to be honest but they probably won't they'll probably they'll probably be cheap and start with one terabyte yeah well no you're right two terabyte yeah i mean because they already have the um you know when they announced the ps4 pros now some of those systems that have two terabyte, I know that 500 limited edition one, that was a two terabyte drive in there. So they definitely can do that. But um, we'll see. One terabyte more than likely they what they will do though. But we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, because like if you're building a PC now, I think the standard thing is to get a two terabyte uh, hard drive. Um, obviously if you're you know if you're serious about it you're gonna get an SSD and a hard drive like you're gonna have two drives uh, but you know I think the standard for PC right now if you're if you're just building a PC should be to get that two terabyte so I think it should be the same for consoles but a lot of uh, what these console manufacturers tend to do is limit things like that just so that they can keep the price down initially um, because then that helps them make more money and then they can also keep the cost of the system low for the consumer but then they'll probably just introduce the, another model that has a higher you know capacity later on or, or they'll give you the ability to change it yourself so i think that's what they'll do they'll start with one terabyte um, yeah absolutely yeah that, that makes sense uh, yeah that totally makes sense We'll see. We'll see what happens. All right. So now let's get to the main topic here at hand regarding Red Dead Redemption 2. Because I, I have a, a couple of things to say on this. Might be a little controversial, but uh, we definitely have to address it. 
Um, so let me set the stage first and foremost. Uh, obviously, for those who haven't been following the news, uh, Dan Hauser had an interview that he conducted online. This was actually last Sunday. And I, I remember it because I was actually going to throw, throw down your questions when this interview was published. But in the interview, he alluded to the fact that some of their writing staff has spent a hundred of hours working on this particular game, like hundred, like hundred hours, a you know, hundred hour weeks in full working on this game. Um, and of course, he, he he normally doesn't give interviews, so already it was an interesting topic of discussion. And considering that the game was was you know, which is coming out next Friday, was about to drop. Um, it, it just it just sounded like it was a little. Uh, it, it, obviously, this is going to be something that everybody was talking about because he doesn't normally give interviews. So he had his interview. It went up, and then instantly, you know, the following day, the news all over Twitter was people complaining and talking about Rockstar and how they forced their employees to work ridiculous amounts of hours on this particular game. I've seen people read that statement. You know, they they they, they, they saw that interview. And instantly wanted to attack and criticize Rockstar for their work practices. Then, because of that outrage, Dan Hauser came out and responded and said, well, I just want to clarify, everyone does have a choice in terms of how long they want to spend on this, this game. But when I made that statement, I was talking specifically about our senior team members spending all this time writing. And this is something that we know because... They've said that they've spent a ton of time writing for the NPCs in the game, the choices that you make. I, I would think that from writing the script and writing this stuff, it's going to take a long time. So that's what he was alluding to. But after he made that statement, people still, it's like that statement went on deaf ears. They still complained. And then there were some people, including big sites out here, trying to use this as a way to get news for the week, exploiting the situation further. Come on, we're going to reach out to Rockstar staff and ask them what their thoughts are on what he said. And Rockstar at that point allowed their staff to talk about the situation, you know, freely. They said if any reporter reach out, reaches out to you, you, you can definitely talk and you can let them know about the situation. But what I found interesting about this is that how people were so quick to jump to outrage about this this topic. And I have seen certain individuals say, well, I'm now going to boycott Red Dead Redemption 2 because of the unfair work, you know, because of the work practices, you know, how severe things are and then the, the devs having to work all those hours. So now that I've set the stage, I do have some thoughts that I want to share on this topic, but I'm going to go to you first, Gary, because when I first told you about the story, I don't think you uh, had knew all about it. But I know since then we've definitely seen some stuff. So, what what was your immediate reaction to hearing all of this stuff? Yeah, um, that's the thing about the internet, and I, you know, I really dislike the outrage culture, the you know, the the angry mob that always looks for something to complain about with you know with anything that happens. You know, it could be something completely innocent or something that people were very passionate about but people were just always looking for some sort of negative talking point you know to uh to beat to death surrounding it you know um and i hate that 
Now, this is the video games industry and I understand there are studios out there, like it does happen, there are studios out there who manipulate their staff and overwork them. I mean, we, we heard about Telltale Games, you know, uh, very recently. Um, so there are companies out there that do this, you know, but I, I'm not sure that's the case for Rockstar. Uh, we, I mean, sometimes we hear certain things about the company, we hear people suing them and everything. But for the most part, they seem like pretty cool people who are dead set on delivering quality games and they put, they, 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 for the most part, they put the customer first. Um, they did do some questionable things with, uh, with GTA, uh, online and, you know, the, the money structure and everything like that. But I mean, you know, they're a business, so they're going to look at ways to make money. Uh, that's just what businesses do. But for the most part, they do put the consumer's interest at heart. And I, you know, I, I somewhat believe Dan Hauser in his statement. Like, I, I think I could believe him because at the end of the day, he, you know, he owns the company and um, you can tell that the senior staff there, people have been there for, for years and uh, they've been in, involved in a lot of these different projects like Grand Theft Auto and Red Dead and everything like that. You can tell they're super passionate about their pro project, uh, projects and, and that shows in the final product, you know, um, so... It's not far-fetched to believe that they care so much about these projects that they would choose themselves, like they, they would choose to spend hours and hours and hours at work to get it done, you know, um, and that because that shows in the final product, like it's always good quality. So, yeah, I mean, you know, like going back to, you know, me and you running the coalition, there's times where we've spent days at the computer when something has gone wrong on the site or whatever, like we've spent hours and, you know, entire days on Skype, you know, um, trying to, to run the site and everything. Uh, if you're passionate about something and, and your work is your life and it means something to you inside, then you're going to dedicate those hours to it, you know. So I, I fully believe him. And like he said, they're not forcing people against their will to work all those hours you know um it's a choice now i'm sure you know for your for the coders and the programmers and stuff they probably have a typical nine to five day they probably come there they do the coding for the game and then they leave at the end of the day but it's just that uh, dan hauser and the other senior staff they choose to stay there because they want you know they want to 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 meet the release date and they want to make sure that you know uh this game releases with the utmost quality so i i believe that you know that is the case what he said you know like he, they they're not forcing people against their will it's just a passion thing and um if you choose to stay that long and work that hard then it's completely up to you um and you know I, I can actually believe that and I think in this case people were just looking for a reason to be outraged probably because it's so soon after the telltale thing so people were just you know looking for they're, they're out for blood right now I guess you know so I think that's really what happened yeah absolutely uh, I so I think I think you made some good points across the board uh, I, I do have a couple of thoughts and, you know, I, I like to warn people 
They may think that this is uh, some of the stuff I say will be controversial, but I, I have to keep it real from from my, my my perspective. Now, one thing that I think that hasn't really been spoken about as much with this situation is that, I mean, it, it is widely documented that this game has been in development for quite some time. Like, I mean, this has probably been, I want to say, maybe about uh, somewhere around five years of development. It's definitely more than three years. And I can understand that when a game normally is around a three-year uh, development cycle, I would expect it to be a ton of crunch at that point because three years may sound like a long time, but it's not. It's typically not that long when you think about it and how fast time can pass by. Considering that this game has been in development for so long, I, I would think that the crunch can't be that bad. If it's been in development for that long, unless unless they waited till the last minute to really do a lot of the heavy, the more important stuff that they needed to do, then I'd be like, okay. But I'm pretty sure that this game has been in development for quite a while because Rockstar doesn't release a game every year or every other year. It, it normally takes a while for them to release a game. So um, this thing about the crunch controversy, uh, I mean, we, we have to be honest and say, yeah, there are a lot of jobs where you are expected to work a ton of hours um and sometimes you get overtime pay other times you don't but in the case of this particular game i mean we already know that rockstar is known for their reputation of putting out high quality games so i would think that yeah there probably is some truth to what was said and i know that there were statements said about you know that a couple people made that yeah we can definitely uh we definitely can get that our whole work environment can improve and should improve. I agree, agree with that 100 percent. But at the end of the day, you know, I, I just feel like in terms of how long this game has been in development, I really have to question how long has this crunch been going on? Because it doesn't seem to me like it's been going on since day one. I mean, I can see maybe this year when they, for, the, for, the, for the moment that they announced the release date, maybe at that point is when you started to crunch to hit that release date. Yeah. But I don't think this is something that has been going on since day one. And I can't confirm that. I could be wrong 100%. But at the end of the day, um, I mean, we already know the, the reputation that Rockstar has. I think it's pretty obvious that they're going to want this product to be great. And I'm pretty sure there's a lot of people on staff that love working on this game. They, they love uh, even the people who wrote the game. You know, considering all the stuff they had to write with the NPCs, all this other stuff... I'm pretty sure that a lot of that that time was needed for that stuff. So, I, I mean, I just feel like uh, it's the whole issue with the crunch. It, it happens with the, pretty much every industry. This isn't specific to Rockstar. I mean, this happens with every game that we've that we have known to, that we've actually had a chance to either review or or play in general. So, it's not a new topic. Uh, I do I do think, though, that when I saw this week how people were responding to this and how they tried to go after Rockstar, I, I, I couldn't help but laugh at the situation because I think it comes from a place of really trying to exploit something and be angry about something. And I feel like right nowadays in the culture that we live in, everybody wants to find something to complain about. You know, it's like they can't be happy with something. They have to find something to complain about. And it feels as though when they heard this news, they were like, oh, well, this makes me an outrage. I'm going to not buy the game as a result. I think the whole conversation of somebody boycotting the game, that is complete BS. And I don't believe that is going to happen. And that's not going to impact sales. Because again, this is a rock star game. 
you know, the game has been talked about. And and I and the sites who and the YouTubers, everybody that decided to criticize Rockstar, it's funny because these same people criticizing Rockstar are gonna be praising them for how fantastic the game is next week when it drops. I mean, this is a game that is in the game of the year discussion before you even before you even have a chance to play it. Because you know Rockstar's reputation. They don't put out any any crappy games. So I, I think it's a little ridiculous for people to criticize it harshly to the point where they say, oh, I'm not going to buy this game. And yet they will still be picking up this game day one. Uh, because if I can give a recent, re- recent example of, of something else that people criticize and, and, and they were saying was going to be trash, let's talk about the Venom movie. This is a movie that came out uh, earlier this month. The Metacritic score was ridiculously low. Rotten Tomatoes gave it a 31% because all the critics disliked the movie. Yet this movie now has made over $300 million. So I, I think that that right there goes to show that they really, at the end of the day, people are still going to pick up this game. Even if there are some people who are saying that they're going to boycott the game, that's not going to hurt Rockstar in the long run. Although I will say that that is a horrible decision if you see that there are people that spent so much of their time working on this game and now you don't buy it, how is that helping them? I mean, in my opinion, everybody should buy this game. If you are that outraged that they spent that time, make the time meaningful and pick up the game. I mean, that that's what my opinion is. But um, I, I, do, I do think that people were just trying really hard to get some news uh, about Red Dead. And that's why a lot of these websites were posting this story up about Oh, the outrage. And I, I find it funny, though, because, again, when we revisit Game of the Year discussion at the end of the year, I'm 100% certain this game will be in that discussion. And I will not be surprised if it wins that award, ultimately. I just find it ridiculous how this controversy was, was created just to stir up stuff and it, because people were angry about what they've heard. And also from the fact that Hauser clarified himself, and yet people still came after him as if what he's said didn't matter at all i just find that ridiculous you know and and that's that's the kind of culture we live in now you know it's like people not willing to hear everything out in full before they make a decision hear all sides of the story all they heard was he made that comment and then they instantly thought oh so this applies to everybody at rockstar they're being forced to work on this game and that's i think that's ridiculous but that's the world we live in now unfortunately um, it won't impact me, as I've already said. I'm buying the game day one. A lot of people I know have already said they're picking this up day one, so it's not impacting a, a ton of people. But those who are going to boycott the game, I'll be very curious to see whether or not they actually do that when the day comes. And when they have all their friends that are buying this game and asking them, hey, are you going to pick up Red Dead Redemption 2? I'll be very curious to see how that actually turns out, but I already know the game is going to be a success. It's going to get high praise because, again, this is Rockstar Games. It's not just any studio, and they don't put a game out every year, so you have to know it's going to be high quality right off the the, the bat. But um, that's my thoughts on the subject. As I said, people will probably agree or disagree with what I have to say, but uh, I just think at the end of the day, People making the excuse that they're going to boycott this game, I don't believe that at all. Because even if they do boycott it, a few people or whatever, that's not going to stop it from being a success. But we'll see. Yeah, yeah, you're 100% right. And uh, I mean, I guess the sad reality 
is that you know while people are happy and and passionate to complain online there's people out there who are passionate about working hard and putting out a good body of work and that's just the reality you know some people are happy to sit around complaining on the internet but others are doing real work for everybody to enjoy so that's just what it is um and you know, you know, I, I, I agree with what you say, and I, and I do want to add a little quick point in that, and, and this may also anger some people, but I want to mention it since you mentioned this. The people who will come into the defense of the people actually creating these games, I feel like they can defend them, but they don't truly understand or know what it actually means to make a game, the process that someone goes through. And as you say, a lot of people love to work on these games. Yes, they went to school for it. They have the qualifications. They have the skills, the talent. But the people that are defending them, they don't really understand the process. They're coming from a place of, I can see the game. I think I can understand how the story was written. Uh, Some of them may know some stuff about game development, but I don't think they know the full rest of everything that game development entails. So them defending these people I feel that comes from a place of not fully understanding all aspects of game development. You're you're saying this as someone who obviously is looking out for the person's well-being. And yeah, that's totally fine. But the people who decide to take on these jobs, they they know, I'm pretty sure they know that the work is demanding. And then when you think about the studio, think of a Naughty Dog, think of a Rockstar, because of the studio's uh, repetition that they have. I mean, I think that that will drive someone even more to do a good job. So while Rockstar, they said they don't force people to do this stuff. I mean, people may want to do it, like you said, because they love doing what they do. So it's totally up to them whether or not they want to commit to this. Now, I'm pretty sure that Rockstar did set some deadlines or some stuff. If people don't hit those deadlines, then I can see them saying, well, we need you guys to put in more time. I mean, I can understand that 100 percent. That happens at every job. But the point that I'm getting at is that people, you know, it is a situation that you that that can be debated, and and you know, if if it's if it's a a right time to debate it, that's totally fine. But the game is about to come out now. I I think feel like anyone who has an issue with the game and wants to boycott it, I mean, they wouldn't be helping anybody. I mean, you could say you're not putting money in Rockstar's pocket, but the game is going to sell either way because people have been looking forward to this game. But I, I feel if you are someone who is looking out for the developers and you want to see them succeed and for their work to be meaningful, then you probably should consider buying the game one way or another. You don't need to pay full price for the game. Pretty sure you can get it cheap if you want to. But all I'm saying is that, um, yeah, there, there's a lot that goes into this process of making a game. Uh, I am no expert on making games. I'm not here to to, to act as though I, I know what somebody goes through with making that whole game. I can imagine that there are a lot of things they do deal with that I don't deal with, but I, I can understand that they're putting out a great product. So they know going into this job, it, it, it requires a lot of work already. And you know that it's going to be challenging in certain aspects and certain areas. It is Rockstar's job to communicate with the employees and help them through the process. But um, at the end of the day, I mean, the people who take on these jobs, these are difficult jobs. They, they, they have to understand that and know that, you know, and then obviously with the company, you know, the company, because of the company that they are, that means it's even more pressure on you to have a good product at the end of the day. So I, I, I kind of feel like at the end of the day, it's, it is what it is. But um, 
as a fan, you know, I can only look at this as a, from a fan perspective. And as I said, I will pick up the game day one uh, because I am a fan. And because to me, the work that was done on the game, I'm pretty sure it was meaningful and I want to experience it. So, yeah, I think anyone who is a fan definitely should pick it up. Uh, I don't really see what the point is, especially if you're going to boycott it and you're making these points about boycotting. I mean, it's not going that's not going to impact anything because the majority is going to buy this game. But again, just my opinion. <laughs> so, uh, any final thoughts before we get ready to wrap up uh, tonight's show? Oh, no, that, that's it. <laughs> okay. We thank you all for listening. Um, I did want to take a quick minute to announce our Patreon winner. Well, our winner of the uh, Red Dead Redemption 2 giveaway, it was our Patreon subscriber, Antonio Rogers. So I'll be in contact with you very soon regarding your copy of the game. Uh, we will be doing more giveaways in the future, so stay tuned for that on the website. Um, and uh, I want to take a quick moment to give a shout-out to everybody on the staff. Uh, give a shout-out to Anthony Nash. Did an excellent job on the Call of Duty review. Uh, Tatiana. Uh, Dana as well, all the covers that she's been doing from New York Comic Con, there's still more to come, and we're actually going to be recording another show also for some other stuff, so stay tuned for that. And I'm going to also give a shout out to Mr. Jake James Lugo, as he, I know he's been dealing with a couple of things, but he still was able to get his Soul Calibur review done, as well as several other things, so definitely check out all of the covers that he's been doing, because he's been busting his tail, doing a lot of great stuff. So, wanted to give them a shout out, and um, Thank everybody for listening, whether it was live or whether it was um, after. We appreciate the continued support. And uh, Gary, the floor is now yours for shout outs. Yeah, uh, big shouts to uh, Antonio Rogers for, you know, winning Red Dead Redemption 2. Uh, he is one of our Patreon supporters. Um, also, big shouts to the other Patreon supporters, M. Collins, Mauricio Aguilar, Him Dill, Fergus Mills, Miguel and Sean Gority. Uh we thank you all for your support and uh yeah big shouts to everyone who listens to, to the co-op podcast and has supported us and uh big shouts to the entire coalition team and also big shouts to you of course Rich because uh you know we, we we come here every single week without fail and you know I know you, you've been doing a lot of stuff on the site this week as well so big shouts to you Oh, thank you. But no, I have to give a shout out to everybody else. I haven't had quite as much on the site this week. Uh, there's a lot of things that we'll have up next week because we're playing a couple of things that I can't really talk about yet. But um, definitely encourage you all to come back next week's show. We may have a special guest as well on the show. But um, until then, I hope you all have a awesome weekend and we will talk to you all next Friday.